0: got this we are smart girlies who said that i did
1: hi and welcome to lesbians i'm armani and i'm mag grab your nearest
0: queer and your nearest oat milk iced latte and get comfy and listen to us talk about everything and anything
1: hey everybody
0: Hi, guys. Welcome back to Lesbians. Um, this week, it's a very special week because we actually have a guest.
1: Hey, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Elena. I'm Amaldi's sister. Elena is 18. She's a I'm Virgo.
2: Like, I'm a Virgo. Ooh. A Virgo? resident straight of the podcast. <laughs>
1: wait what's your moon and your
2: rising i know you're Go ahead. i'm a cancer moon and taurus rising
1: oh yeah has a taurus moon
0: yeah i'm a taurus moon
1: um
0: libra rising
1: yeah elena is our resident straight of the podcast allegedly uh don't quote us on that
2: as as you have podcast, to know. because okay. not everyone needs to know my business that's all i'm saying
1: right exactly period end of story yeah so elena's on our podcast today because i think she'll have valuable stuff to say about what we're talking about today plus it's just fun to have another person on
0: yeah and then we can just gab a million times more and armani just edit for the rest of your life
1: yeah, basically, this episode's actually not going to be out for three weeks after we record it. But I think at the end of each podcast, we've said, yeah, we're going to do this episode. We're we bringing on my sister at the end of each episode for the past three episodes. I'm like,
0: we're finally doing it. And that's what matters.
1: OK, so I think we were going to like have updates and stuff like that this week. But considering what has happened yesterday, we're going to do
0: the main update. Like, that's what we're just going to focus on instead.
1: Yeah, is what uh, what just happened with Roe v. Wade being overturned by a bunch of white men and Clarence Thomas, who I will see in hell. I'm telling you, if there is a hell, I want to be sent there because okay, I'm going after him. Come on, let's go outside. We'll
2: go outside for what? We're
1: gonna fight.
2: Also, Amy Coney Barrett, but I. Yeah. So a bunch of men and her. I mean, including her, but like there's really something
1: specific about Clarence Thomas that like really has never sat right with me.
2: I've, oh, yeah. I don't need to do
0: therapy. I just need to square up with Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Um, and I'm and Brett Kavanaugh, all of them. Yeah. Neil Gorsuch. Just can tag team like three of them. And then Alito mm-hmm. can just be like the, you know, like the boss at the end. You know, you got those three. Like.
2: Finish him
0: villains and
1: then you got the boss like, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. what I actually for i actually have no idea who the fuck alito is like i would when they say the five justices i literally don't even know you bitch you're so irrelevant that i forgot you were even a justice bitch
2: yeah never heard of you
1: don't care i was like didn't alito die i was like so convinced that that man died but
2: i guess it's scalia <laughs> who died
1: i thought alito died <laughs>
2: <laughs> like you've been dead bro just move on Came back from the dead to terrorize us more.
1: Yeah, I did. So a good podcast to listen to for anybody that's like, wants to know exactly, like obviously I don't read the opinion, but if you want like a general overview of what the, um, their decision actually said, Strict Scrutiny Podcast, it's hosted by Crooked Media, but it's three women and they talked about what they said in the decision. And I think one of the most, a couple of the standout things were that I think it was Roberts and somebody else disagreed that Clarence Thomas was like, Yeah, so since we can't protect abortion rights, we also can't protect the right to contraceptives and gay marriage. And what was it? Gay sex, I think, is the other, yeah, the other
0: one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's also funny
0: he doesn't bring up loving. I, I, I wonder why. I yeah. wonder want- why he just left conveniently left that one out
1: right and it doesn't make sense to me because it's like so what's really the difference between gay marriage and interracial marriage there's really no difference between the two
2: right well both are kind of on the chopping block I think but Clarence Thomas just didn't want to talk about it
0: yeah he he has to like honestly Clarence if you're gonna be a villain be a villain (laughs) don't be a fucking hypocrite Put them yeah. all in the block. Do it.
1: Yeah, because I want someone to come after Clarence Thomas's right. Because I'm sticking him.
0: Wait, no, because then it's gonna end up. <laughs> what is his wife's name? Jenny? Jenny Thomas? Jenny.
1: Of course, she got some stupid ass white name too.
0: She's gonna be like that uh, white lady that protect. Like she said that she's like transracial, and like said that she's black. So Jenny's just uh. gonna come out like one of those.
1: <laughs> yeah but I think Thomas like forgets he's black. Like I swear to God that man like looks in the mirror and sees a white man. Like
2: <laughs> he I feel like he's just trying. Like I feel like that's what he's going for. Like he's appealing to the whites. He's appealing to massive. Like that's what he's doing. Not massive. Like why, <laughs> sir, that's what I have I mean. some respect for yourself. Right. <laughs> he has no respect for
1: himself at all. Whatsoever. Learn some self-love or something. Because you need it. Uh, Roberts disagreed with what he said. And then also Kavanaugh said something interesting about how he would support a ban on abortion up to 15 weeks or uh, you know, after 15 weeks, mm-hmm. which right now they didn't ban abortion. They just said that the states have the right to regulate it. But now they're talking about banning. Like, so that means that any state, including California, New York and all those places wouldn't be able to perform an abortion after 15 weeks, which is crazy. Right.
0: They did like a nationwide ban.
1: Yeah. And
0: yeah, I was hearing with my dad about this, um, just kind of the entire case in general. And my dad doesn't like to do real research, just watches Fox News and then tells me that <laughs> the information I get from NPR is uh, leftist, communist, <laughs> Marxist bullshit. It's Antifa. It's antifa oh my over. god don't even get me started on his rant about antifa i'm like what is antifa he's like it's it, they're terrorists and like show me any like sh- show me. me it's there you google it you Okay. <laughs> i'm like i found these things against crowd boys and like, okay, okay, like all, all these things and then he gives me nothing and he still looked at me and said Oh, they're not gonna come after gay marriage. She was like, Everyone has a gay kid, I have a gay kid. I was like, Did you read? Did did you read the opinion? Did you read Clarence Thomas's concurring argument? Like,
1: Dad, you you need I want to see Timothy out there if they start talking about banning gay marriage, because Texas is already talking about that. Texas is already talking about banning gay marriage, and really, so Texas can't technically ban gay marriage right now because it would be illegal because it would be against the Constitution or whatever, you know, whatever that ruling was. But they're going to do the same thing they did with abortion, where they implemented a law that they knew was unconstitutional. So then they can get sued over it so it can go up to the Supreme Court. So that's essentially what Texas is doing. They want to put a gay marriage case in front of this Supreme Court so they have to make a new ruling on it.
0: That's what I was arguing with my dad about because he was just saying, he was like, well, this is what the people wanted. Like Mississippi wanted this, like they were doing, and I was like, no, this has been strategically happening over decades since Roe, like, I mean, before, but like, even like since Roe, um, the day Roe was decided, like since then they have been plotting and doing little things to get to where we are now. Like it wasn't just when Trump came into office, like it wasn't just, Those four years, like those were absolutely hell. But this has been plotting for decades. Um, So, yeah, he just doesn't believe he has this. It's honestly like kind of adorable, but it's naive. And it's funny because he likes to call me naive. But he thinks that, you know, America is centrist and like the laws aren't actually going to get to, you know, reversing gay marriage and everything like that. And I'm saying I literally was like, that's what they said a few years ago about Roe. And here we are. I was like, they're just chipping away as they can and, you know, putting in more and more conservative justices that are, like, super religious and everything, and then one day we're going to open our eyes and it's going to be
2: 1984, like, well, and I was telling money about it, it's also in Texas, this thing, I don't really know, like, what's going on in Texas, but they were are talking about the, um, like the i don't remember which like ruling it was but it was like the equal rights voting basically yeah. and they were talking about that and i there's this TikToker that was talking about it and he was like texas is about to go back to separate water fountains like that is the path that they are on right now <laughs> because they have a lot of like very 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 extreme like republicans in their like you know in their house and their state yeah rooms, and it yeah is. it's like so i just thought that was not funny, but I was like literally what the fuck is happening in Texas? Are you guys okay? I wish <laughs> Texas would see
0: nuance. Like I try to say like I do know that there are republicans that are republicans for like economic reasons and are not giant pieces of shit and you yeah. know actually do care about human rights. But there is this very loud Like you can call it a minority, but it's still loud as shit like that are implementing all these things that the Republicans are just getting behind because we're so divided. So they have to get behind their party, no matter how ludicrous it is. And he still believes that we can remain a centrist country with these extremists that he doesn't want to call extremists. He just says this is their beliefs. People can vote with their beliefs. And I'm like, you cannot implement laws. For the entire country based on your beliefs. Do you also want to hear the funniest quote unquote fact he wanted to say? What? We're talking about his biggest thing is he's okay with abortion as long as it's not after 15 weeks. He doesn't believe in late term abortions. He believes in the rumors that people are having abortions at like 39 weeks with a <laughs> healthy baby. And they just say, it out I, I changed my mind he thinks that's going to happen. Um, and I told him, I was like, like it just, it's really hard to talk to him. Um, but I looked at the statistics, which he says is just propaganda. And no statistic from any reputable source is true, but <laughs> correct. Correct. Um, 92% of abortions are performed before nine, nine weeks. Um, mm-hmm. uh, then only 4% of abortions are performed like it was 16 weeks or further. And a lot of the um, like genetic like mutations and things that That happen, like abnormalities and like not viable babies, usually you can't detect those until like 20, 21 weeks. So it's like that 4% are majority women, you know, that are finding out that their babies are viable and it's a horrible process, but they have- the option to get an abortion. If God forbid, if something does happen and he was like, well, 4% is a lot. 4% is a lot. And in the, in the same breath, tried to say that the entire state of Louisiana, all of the women there that have absolutely no access to abortion because they have the things passing for right at fertilization. That's not a lot of people.
1: That's no, that's, that's a number of people. That's <laughs> right. in the entire state of Louisiana and what was the other one? Missouri, I think, that also just outlawed it completely. Mm-hmm. For and no it's, exception it's, of it's
2: rape. In state. Yeah. I don't know. It's insane. And I just think it's like really fucking crazy to me that people still believe that like doctors are literally performing abortions like as the baby's coming out of the womb, like as the baby pulled <laughs> yeah. like the term. And they're like, like that one, Um, I think it was, what was it? Supreme Court hearing. And there was the doctor like in there, and she was like, That doesn't happen. And he was like, Oh, you're talking about
1: with Ted. Cruz. I think, uh, I don't I remember the Congress conference? hearing, it was in congressional hearing, but I don't remember.
2: That sounds like Ted Cruz would say, Yeah, and like, are they our baby were really, They were really like drilling her, and she was trying to talk, and they were like basically just talking over her. And she was like, That literally doesn't happen. We do not perform abortions with on. Full-on babies that are like coming out of the womb. I don't know who would, who would, what doctor would it's illegal to
0: do that? The Republican Party literally puts more faith into eighteen-year-olds that can buy an AK-47 to not shoot up a school than they can put faith in all of the doctors in our country that go through years and years of school to learn how to save a life. Because to become like a doctor, you you have to be passionate about what you're doing, and the doctors are not going to go in there take the oath and go kill a newborn baby for nothing
2: nobody does that who fucking does that also they're acting like that's not already illegal like that's already illegal like that's not right in no state are you allowed to kill a newborn baby (laughs) like
1: right it's not a thing i did see that um the, a synagogue in florida is suing florida over there after, i think florida has a 15-week ban like um after 15 weeks and they're suing them because it goes against a religious freedom because in their mm-hmm. religion if the mom's life is at risk you have to terminate the baby they put mom they put mothers first I, it's uh it
0: yeah that synagogue and i really hope that like other states and other religions do as well because um the abort like Having like no abortion access goes against Judaism, Hinduism, mm-hmm. and Islam, and yeah. then of course, like if you're atheist, if you're Satanist.
1: Like, yep. every just have them. no. You can't have no option. And I also in that podcast learned that they're not. Um, our Merrick Garland, our Attorney General of the United States, said that states cannot ban medical, uh, like the pill, the abortion pill. Which obviously only fits into people that are ten weeks and under, but still, you know, it's better than nothing. But he was like, it's regulated by the mail, in the or yeah, it's regulated by the mail, and the mail is a federal a federal thing, so states can't ban um, companies from mailing Mm -hmm. these into. um,
0: What are you gonna do? Ban the USPS just in your state? Like, I wouldn't be
1: surprised if Texas did that who would be surprised
0: i saw an article saying that some republicans are like texas republicans are like talking about succession
1: yes sweetie do it we don't need you you can't live without us but we can surely live without you I i believe
0: texas does have like an insane economy and that's why they have succeeded before because like they pretty much can operate as their own country which
1: is really annoying i don't know if they'd be able to do that now though like, do you think they would be able to do that now and, like, viably live? I mean, I'm sure they would try. Yeah. But God
0: knows what's going to happen in the next. I mean, we something's going to happen because since 2020, when has something not happened?
1: Yeah. Right. Someone said that we can't have a hot girl summer because our rights are always being taken away every summer since 2020.
2: Literally. Also, um, can we brush on the facts of the, like, the Miranda rights?
1: <laughs> are being taken yeah. You can yes. no longer sue officers.
2: Yeah, but like
0: anyone I, is going to protest anytime soon because of the Miranda right thing. If you do get arrested, you can state I have my like I'm implementing my Miranda rights, including my freedom to remain silent. Say that if you get arrested and then that, you know, you have pretty much read yourself your Miranda rights. So if they do violate Miranda rights, hopefully in that case, you'd be able
1: to sue them.
0: Or is it even if, is it only if they don't read it or is it they read it and then also,
1: that makes sense? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I just know they don't have to, you can't sue them for not reading you your Miranda rights now. They're
2: well, sick- and the biggest problem with that is that, um, you know, how like the, whatever, when they read you your rights, they say like anything you say can and will be used against you. But they, anything you say before that, from what I understand, like they have to read you your rights and everything after that point they can use in court. But if they haven't read you your rights yet, then they can't use that against you.
0: It's really confusing to me because can't a lot of cases get thrown out for the fact that your rights weren't read to you? Yeah. Yes. You just can't see them after the fact.
2: Yeah. Well, and also it's like, um, well, also when they read you your rights, you know, you have a right to an attorney. So if they talk to you before you know that you should get an attorney, that's also Yeah,
0: people say like, oh, everyone should ask for an attorney. No, they don't. Not everyone knows that. Not everyone knows. Not everyone knows their rights. Yeah. Out here vibing.
2: So if they do illegally vibe, then the cops need to read them (laughs) their rights. Illegally vibe. (laughs) The only reason I even know the Miranda rights are from watching SVU. Same. Mm -hmm. That's the only way I know them.
1: (laughs) So we are going to be linking in our podcast show notes some resources that might be useful to any uterus bearers so the first one is mark cuban's website that provides low-cost birth control the website is called costplusdrugs.com and i went on the website and they have birth control for like pretty cheap like under ten dollars that you can get on this website if you don't have insurance so well maybe even if you have insurance but if you have insurance they probably pay for birth control so this is really for people that Don't have um, insurance, but they also have a bunch of other um, drugs like Elena was telling me that you can buy insulin for cheap. You can buy I saw like STD medications like for HIV and chlamydia, all of, you know, stuff like that. So I think that that will be a good resource for people, as well as I saw this on TikTok from a creator that I trust, but they said that Clue is the period tracker app that doesn't give your information away.
0: So yeah, definitely the any apps that don't track you or you can turn the data sharing off, definitely yeah. do. So yeah, we can link some apps there. And I have a lot of links to like abortion funds and then also just other reproductive freedom sites that you could donate to. Don't donate to just like Democrats funds because because fuck the Democrats
1: too. Democrats
0: fuck the Democrats. Too. Vote and we will
2: codify road. Why didn't you do that two years ago, sweetie? What have what have you been doing? Right. What have you been doing? And I said this once, i not- said it before, They're
1: but right. Republicans, they get shit done. Let me tell you something, because they've been telling us we gonna get Roe v way overturned. You and all, the Republicans
0: or the Democrats are literally just rolling over and letting them do that. That's they do, go, do And BML
1: and Pride Month, <laughs> like, shut the fuck up, Nancy Pelosi. Get some shit done. Right. If you come out to this podium one more time before these rights have been codified, shut the fuck up, because I don't want to hear it.
0: We're gonna list some abortion funds to donate to and other things. I found like. Um, you know, a lot of resources. So we will link those all. And I'm also probably going to make like an Instagram post that will just list everything. So it can be, you know, more easily shareable as well. If you do have the resources to donate to, you know, if you see like smaller Instagram accounts, you know, to like individuals that need help, like definitely do try to, again, if you have the means, I know a lot of us are struggling out here, everything is so expensive. Um, But if you can, Please try to. Um,
2: I don't know if this is the same one that I saw on TikTok, but because I did see one on TikTok, but this is like, seems like the same thing. There's also a website that you can buy um, like plan B, like emergency contraceptives and they do like discreet shipping and they also do overnight shipping. So um, it's NURX. I think it's N-U-R-X and I'll put that link so you guys can add it into the show, nights, show notes. Yeah. Too, but
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, And then one other thing, so The Cut, which is a magazine, it's also online. The Cut's vetted database of abortion clinics, abortion funds, and other resources is intended to help people locate abortion services and practical support near them. All you have to do is enter your state or your zip code and answer a few questions, which are just like, how many weeks has it been since you missed your last period, if you know, and, um, if you're over under 18, I'm not sure. I'm sure that there's some kind of legality to that. Like if you're under 18 and how that affects you getting an abortion, but, um, it gives you a list of providers, including clinics, hospitals, and independent OBGYNs with verified contact information, as well as other support options. None of your personally identifying information, um, about the users is stored this article is not behind a paywall. So anybody can access it. And, um, I actually just typed it in like, just to see uh, you know, how it works. And it gave me a list of clinics like nearby where I'm at in Athens, as well as it gives you a list of what these specific clinics can provide. Like they can only provide up to 10 weeks of, uh, up to a 10 week abortion. Some go up to like 15, 16 weeks. So I think that that's definitely going to be helpful in the case for a lot of people. Yeah. So even though the world is ending, I think something else that's really important is the male gaze versus the female gaze. Like this is honestly a very like important topic and it's pressing. It's a very pressing issue. What do you guys think?
2: I agree. I do
0: agree. Um, I also feel like the male gaze can go into why most Americans, like the dumb ones that, are like pro life. Like don't know anything about the female body because it's always been the male gaze and men don't know anything about the female body.
1: Literally nothing. It's
0: always like representing everything uh, badly and and just the female or in the male gaze, so which let me let Armani
1: get into what that is. <laughs> yes, I did, I did some research. So <clears throat> just to begin about what is the male gaze? So it was a key idea of feminist film theory, the concept of which the male gaze was introduced by a scholar and a filmmaker known as Laura Mulvey in her now famous 1975 essay, Visual Pleasure in Narrative Cinema. We're going to have all of our sources linked in the show notes, by the way. But so the male gaze describes a way of portraying and looking at women that empowers men while sexualizing and diminishing women. While biologically from early adolescence, we are driven to look at and evaluate each other as potential mates. The male gaze twists this natural urge, um, which turns women into a passive items to possess and to use as props. So this concept is not just about how women and their bodies are used to satisfy the male fantasy, but also how this gaze, whether directed to them or not makes women feel about themselves. So this is kind of where I want to open up the discussion to like this is just something really simple that I've thought about now that I only date women, but back when I was obviously in high school and when I got out of high school and I was like going clubbing, I was always trying to make sure that my boobs looked good, like wearing a push-up bra to make sure that it looked like, you know, something was I mean nothing was moving down there. But you know what I mean, like making sure that they were like very visible in like a sexy way so that men would find me attractive, but now that I don't date men, I never worry about my boobs ever,
0: no, yeah, literally, why was I stuffing my bra in like middle school and everything? like why was I trying to have like giant boobs as a twelve and thirteen year old I had no business like who was
2: I trying to please? um, I can third that that I also was wearing push up bras like before I even had boobs at all, like pre puberty was trying to make my boobs look bigger, which I think is funny because now I like. Uh, don't even though I still date men or I'm dating a man like it's like I don't give a fuck anymore I feel like I have somewhat escaped the grasp of the male gaze I feel like once I started to like, learn about it and start to like really look at myself and be like who am I doing this for that made things a lot better because I was like I don't feel like I need to be on display for men anymore
0: I feel like once you like learn about the male gaze, it, you can like easily recognize things that you do that are like because of it, and like trying to appease it. And then you're like, "Hang on, what are
1: my values?
0: <laughs> Who am I doing this for?" So yeah.
1: Um, when I was in middle school, I remember I would get made fun of all the time. And I'm specifically in seventh grade. I started getting made fun of for having no boobs at all, like flat-chested. Nothing was there. And I remember I used to put socks in my boobs to like make them look bigger. I'm literally in seventh grade. Of course, I don't have fucking boobs because how old are you in seventh grade? Like 12 babes, you're not going to have some double D knockers. Like I know some girls did like they hit puberty like early on, but I didn't even get my period until I was in ninth grade. Like I didn't hit puberty technically until I was 14 or 15. And then once I started birth control, I think my boobs got bigger, but yeah. Yeah. Also, why did I
0: think no one was going to notice when I was putting socks in my push up bra that I went from having like no boobs to a fucking rack the next day <laughs> under my Air Force <laughs> t shirt? Yes, <Yeah>,
1: Air <laughs> t shirt. Yes,
2: literally. <laughs> next.
0: Overnight, you know, like I don't know what happened.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I just, no, that's it's so crazy.
1: Um, I remember there was this girl in my my seventh grade class who was like the girl to be like the hottest girl of our seventh grade, you know, year. And I remember hottest 12 year old. Yeah. And people (laughs) and people were like saying that her boobs were huge, but it's because she bought a water bra. And apparently that was confirmed. Like she was wearing a water bra because this bitch had like C cups and she was (laughs) like, girl, what happened? And so, yeah, it's just. I mean, literally 12 year olds are going through this being bullied by men and girls like girls bullied me for having no boobs. Like, bitch, we're supposed to be together on this. Well, it's the picnic girls that bully.
2: Yeah. I literally remember like my friend, this girl that I'm not friends with anymore, but she like I was probably like 11 or 12. And yeah, she was like, why don't you have boobs yet? I was like, well, I haven't gotten my period. And she was like, what does that have to do with anything? I was like, I haven't hit puberty yet. And she was like, that doesn't, uh, your period doesn't give you boobs. I was like, I'm a child, (laughs) still. I'm a child. I'm a late bloomer, if you will.
1: Yeah, because I, yeah, because you were a late bloomer. I was, Makana, when did you get your period? I was 13. Okay, so you're like, what's the earliest of people, probably like 11, I think is on the earlier side.
0: One of my family members got hers when she was eight. So I have heard that. Yeah. Like some can be like super early. I remember one girl that we're in school with, I think we were in like third grade and she already had like a C cup, but then she just like stayed at that. She just like hit puberty really soon, had giant boobs in like third and fourth grade for no reason. And then just kind of stayed like that
1: her whole life. Yeah. But I feel like those girls also were picked on for having boobs, like at such a young age.
0: The mean girls are always going to find something, you know, to pick on, like, yeah, Yeah. the male gaze, like it is always to appease the men, which makes me want to throw up.
2: I was going to say this is also like a big just on the topic of like pick me is kind of under the male gaze. I'm a big bitch. You know, I'm I'm 5'10". I've been this height since like seventh grade. Like I've always been tall. And my friends would do that thing to me where they're like, oh, my gosh your hands are so big bitch you're five foot and i'm 5'10 we're not gonna have the same size hands and they would do it in front of guys and they'd be like look at how big elena's hands are i'm like i'm not small okay they're shorter than me and i'm not trying to get their attention so why are you doing this why are you putting me on blast that's just rude but
1: i'm blast by the weeds. oh no yeah remember, um so my best friend taylor love her to death and when she listens to this i hope she giggles because obviously we're still best friends but in seventh grade her and her sister becca used to bully the fuck out of me for having no boobs like they used to be like you have mosquito it's like you have no boobs <laughs> I, I was like <laughs> breaking tears one night and i went on yahoo answers because that's what people did back in seventh grade because that was like how you got it. And I posted, I was like, my friends keep making fun of me. Like, what do I do? And I like told them about how they were making fun of me for having no boobs. And people in the comments were like, drop them. Don't be friends with them anymore. I was so mad, but it's fine now. Me and Taylor obviously have worked past our issue.
0: Yeah. And I honestly, now as an adult, I am very happy that I don't have huge boobs um because one i go through phases where i like to not have boobs at all so i have a binder and i feel like it's just much easier to wear a binder when you already have small boobs shout out to the people that have to touch stuff double d's in a binder you're doing the lord's work you're you're really putting the work but then also like I don't have massive back problems. Like I had friends that have like huge boobs and all of their backs are just broken and my back's already broken from like cheerleading and everything. And it's just like my scoliosis already. So like, thank you to my boobs
1: for not wearing a lot. Yeah. I already have back problems from just being, having
2: an old man's posture. Same. <laughs> yeah. But what I was going to say is I do have a friend and she has like giant boobs, you know, big boobs Big boobs. What? And one, she like, whatever, she says she's like, whatever, I like my boobs. But, uh... She was like, whenever I'm talking to people, I feel like 90% of the time, they're just staring at my boobs. And then I felt bad because I'm no better than a man. Like, I don't know if I'm looking at her boobs during this conversation and now I'm hyper aware of it. I'm like, I'm sorry, but they're just in my fit, like big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> but then we went bathing suit shopping together and I felt so bad because she literally could not find a single bathing suit that would fit her titties. And I said, girl, I'm praying for you. You are doing the Lord's work. I'm so sorry that you have to deal with this. I felt very blessed in that moment because I can just find whatever top is like the smallest and put it on and it's good fit.
0: Yeah, no issue with top. So many of my friends that have jet knockers just, and I am no better than a man. One of my best friends, I think I motorboat her every single time we go out. Makana. <laughs> Makana.
1: <McCona. I>, Makana. <McCona. laughs> Motorboating. Right. I literally turned into like, I'm like a wooga. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy?
0: Mommy? <laughs> What am I supposed to do when my friends have mommy muffers?
1: But I'm like the girl that you. I'm hooking up with now, she has like really nice boobs and all every single time I see them I just want to go <laughs> but I ref- I refrain. I do refrain. We we're talking bet- about the milk gaze. I think we got a little <laughs> <laughs> Now,
2: no better. We're literally no better than men. We're sorry, no no better than about men objectifying no women. Men. <laughs> just like I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm having a conversation with my friends and I'm staring at her titties the whole time." Like <laughs>
0: We can't help it. Okay, sorry. In a different way, I feel like the way that women view women, like it can be just a wuga, just because you know boobs. Um, but also it's more respectful. Like it's, it's always more respectful, you know, because we actually think that you're a person, right? I'm not. I don't think you're just
2: an object. I don't think you're just boobs. But I'm, like I said, looking respectfully.
0: You have a brain too. Oh my gosh.
2: Respectfully, you have got some big old titties. Respectfully, Respectfully
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> your titties are out, and I'm gonna be looking at them. <laughs> yeah, so,
0: and personality are also popping.
2: Yeah, yeah. So we were basically talking
1: just about like dressing for the male gaze and stuff like that. Like I feel like Elena, honestly, is kind of a good example because even like throughout high school, I don't remember you ever dressing like, uh, what's the word? Like you weren't dressing like how me and McConnell were dressing in high school for men. If I want to say that, like you've always just had kind of like a very chill style,
2: yeah, I mean, I think for a part of it, I did because like some of my friends were dressing like like a certain way, and I was like, okay, maybe, but it was less I feel like less for men and more to feel like I was fitting into like also fitting into my own idea of like what it was to be feminine, and I feel like that's already a problem for me because like I said, I'm really tall, and that already like kind of goes against this idea of like small woman, small, tiny woman, so I'm like. I'm a big bitch, you know, I will try to wear a skirt, it doesn't work. So I, I gave up on that pretty early in high school and just started dressing what made me comfortable, you know.
0: Yeah. I wish I did that. The way that I would wake up at like four or five AM to do my makeup and put on this preppy ass outfit. Y'all be weak in the knees, stand up. Any picture I see from high school, I just want to gag. Um, but then I also remember we can believe about her name, but like would come to class in like FedEx sweatpants and like a big t-shirt I remember like looking at her like saying like I wish I could do that um like I wish I could just come to school comfortable and like she just did it like I literally did not give a fuck and she she's like saying like I wish I could I wish I could I wish I could and then one day I said okay I'm just gonna fucking do that shit and here I am happy
1: exactly
2: Literally same. Like, I remember there would always be that one girl that was just dressed, like, really comfy. She didn't give a fuck. And I was like, same, like, when I was in that period of time trying to figure out what I wanted to wear to school, I was like, dang, I wish I could just show up like that and it would be okay. And then I realized, I was like, it is okay. I can can do that. And nobody's going to care.
0: I remember I always... And this definitely goes into like my confusion about my gender now. Um, But when I was younger, I always wanted to wear boys clothes. And like it was just because like it wasn't like tight or constricting, like it just looked more comfortable in general. And it it is because men are not expected to zip tie their bodies into different shapes.
1: Yeah. The male gaze. Exactly. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about some of these like film examples that a lot of people should know. Obviously, we all know the scene, even if you have not seen Transformers, you know what I'm about to say. Megan Fox bent over the front half of that car. She's wearing like a little mini skirt and a, like a crop top. So you can see her like midriff in her legs. And obviously, Megan Fox is like conventionally very attractive, still is. And that is exactly what the male gaze is, because Basically, we are not looking at this woman who can work on cars. We're not thinking like, oh, this is really cool that she knows like all this stuff about cars. You're basically just objectifying her and being like, this girl is so sexy. I don't even know what she's talking about right now, because that's what um, Shia's character that we were looking through his lens. So that is a really good example of the male gaze.
0: I also think it's funny because when you say that Megan Fox, you know, in that scene is the epitome of the male gaze. She's also 15 in that scene, which I think just goes along on how like our society and like the male gaze like has like pedophilic roots in it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to get to that. I have some notes on that um, a little bit later on. But so then Margot Robbie in The Suicide Squad, her first appearance in The Suicide Squad was directed by David Ayer. Um, a white heterosexual man in it. Harley Quinn was decked out in tiny shorts, ripped clothing and had childlike pigtails. They all serve the heterosexual male audience for the men by men. Since a man created that another one is a wolf on wall street, Naomi, who is um, what's his name? Jordan. I think Um, she was his wife. Her main purpose is pleasure and seducing her husband after a long day of work. Once the money starts rolling in, he chooses her good looks over his former wife by having an affair. And through this epic, we see pretty much every woman in an overly sexualized way, whether tapping money all over their naked um, bodies or snorting cocaine off their chests. So those were just like some of the examples that I had.
2: Well, I don't know. I know that um, I was just going to, touch on the like the harley quinn and the suicide squad thing because um yeah harley quinn's character initially wasn't did not look like that that was like a very interesting uh spin they put on it because in like the comics and stuff like that she wears like a jumpsuit (laughs) so like i don't know where they got that from Like, why do they put her in like booty shorts and like a little white shirt? And they were like, put her in pigtails and we're like, yeah, this is it. This is it.
0: The pigtails again, like that's just like a childlike quality. And it just goes into, you know, expecting women to be like this thin, tiny, petite thing that has no hair on their body and little pigtails. What I just described is a child. Like your beauty standard is that of a child. Grown women have body hair. Grown women aren't 115 pounds and five ten, and like with big boobs and a big ass. Like what?
2: It's children, but like emphasis on having big boobs and a fat ass. Like that's what they want. They want children with the big boobs and the fat ass. Yes, right.
0: And also, like I know and. The second suicide squad when you know Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. Um, and that's with like a female director. Mm-hmm. And it's a very it, you can see how the female gaze does her differently because she doesn't have the childlike pigtails. It's more mature, like her boobs aren't out, like she's not like her outfit just like looks something that she put on that's like fun, you know, and like exactly. something that she wants to wear.
1: So I read this article that was talking about the male glance, and it's similar to the male gaze. Um, According to the author of this article, her name was Lily Loofborough, which was published in The Guardian. Again, I'm going to link these sources. But she said, when we are perceiving someone that is traditionally female or feminine, we inherently are going to critique them harsher than we would a traditional male or masculine character while watching films. Susan Sontag points out that men have the advantage to which they have two standards of male beauty. Being a boy and being a man. The beauty of a boy represents the beauty of a girl. In both sexes, it is a fragile kind of beauty and flourishes naturally only through each part or in the early part of the life cycle. Happily, men are able to accept themselves under another standard of good looks, heavier, rougher, more thickly built. Think like Channing Tatum and like magic, like you know, just like other built man. There is no equivalent to the second standard for women. The single standard of beauty for women dictates. That they they must go on having clear skin, every wrinkle, every line, every gray hair is a defeat, which is literally one of the the truest things I've ever read. Um, I also have this brief tangent on how boys are not sexualized in the same way that girls and teens are. We're going to have to talk about that in the ethics of porn, but there is no like, like teen boys are not sexualized the way that teen girls are.
0: There's a million categories about, like, my, uh, like, there's a whole teen category, which is just weird that you just have an emphasis on teen. Like, there's still, like, people who are born. Yes. And you're, like, freshly 18. Like, it's just fairly legal. Right. Like, why are we putting an extra emphasis on that? It's because everyone's a fucking pedophile. That's why. Um, But we don't do that to, to boys as, like, I feel like the only thing that I've seen in Porn with, I guess, like a younger boy would be like in like a milf situation. Yeah, um, but even then, like the emphasis is more on you know the, the milf situation. Like yeah, the woman in the situation.
2: Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and also the whole like schoolgirl porn category. I'm like that's also weird because like schoolgirl and then like the uniform. I'm like that's giving tales. That's that's giving a child. That's giving minor that's
0: getting high school like at least why, like, why did pretty little liars romanticize a re- uh, relationship with a minor and a teacher
2: i was thought like, about I that the know. other day yeah and we, oh, ate I, it I, up. we said that's
1: yeah. fine and we thought that was okay like why is that idealized for a teenage girls to be in a relationship with their high school male teacher first of all high school male teachers don't look like that let's start there but actually, I had one hot teacher in high school, but.
0: Harmony, we had a hot teacher in high school.
1: <laughs> we did. <do. laughs> um, anyway, so in a YouTube video titled The Male Gaze is Why You're Ugly, YouTuber Salem Tovar brings up that male gaze is not only in movies, but also in video games. And the example that she gave was Batman. I'm not exactly sure which one, but Catwoman is always in the game picture, like the promotional game picture even though she has literally nothing to do with the game necessarily. And anytime she's in the game, she's always walking in that like GTA prostitute way. You guys know what I'm talking about. Why is she walking like that? Like, you know what I mean? This is like the standard for male video games is to have some like hot chick who's like naked pretty much and walking in a very seductive way. But it has nothing to do with the fact that Batman's family is like dead or whatever. And he's like trying to save the world. So, and kind of more into like, what how the male gaze is inherently pedophilic the author um of an article titled the patriarchy is pedophilic trell trelawney grenfell muir i know i'm gonna put her name gives a couple of reasons that this is true just based on makeup because what does makeup do it's an overwhelming majority of cases um or in the overwhelming majority of cases it tries to make females look babyish and sexually aroused slash available so let's break that down In the eye makeup, makes eyes look bigger like a baby animal, non-threatening, non-aggressive, powerless, defenseless, childlike. In the lipstick, makes lips look fuller and redder to signal sexual arousal, sexual availability, the mouth as an inherently consistently sexual organ. Um, Concealer and foundation hide your wrinkles, your scars, lines, age spots, any sign of puberty or agedness. trying to achieve the most smooth babyish skin possible soft, sensitive, weak, childlike again. And as Makata said earlier, in hair removal, remove facial hairs, thick eyebrows, or any other sign of post-pubescent strength and maturity, especially when those particular signs are used by the patriarchy to symbolize male strength and dominance to look childlike. They
0: literally, on the makeup part, they, Maybelline has something called baby skin. Yeah. They're not even hiding it. They want your skin to look like an infant, which is not possible. Women do not look like that, right?
1: I mean, we're going to have to talk about all the beauty standards that we are subjected to, like Botox and stuff like that. My mom has fallen into the hole of trying of trying to hide her age, as Elena knows. But my mom has had like Botox, a chin thing done. What else has she had? um just botox and she's had lipo yeah is lipo more of i guess it is a beauty standard because women can't be fat even
2: well, though yeah and know. that's also that. the thing is that our mom isn't fat but she is like this uh but i don't really know if that even pertains to this because i don't really think it's male gaze i think it's just society body insecurity like, and just kind of like yes yeah, kind of like society's fat phobic like diet culture. Yeah.
1: yeah. um, I'm all finished up, though, Makana. So if you want to take it away and talk about the female gaze. All right. Yeah.
0: And, you know, from there, we can go into like more of just like exactly what the female gaze is. Um, And I have like definitions because obviously the male gaze is in everything that we see, all of our film, all of our media. Um, But the term was coined by feminists, feminists in response to um, all the male gaze conventions established in, like, classical Hollywood films. Um, and so, like, you know, all of those, they were just identified with the male protagonist and just had to adopt the controlling male gaze. Um, so the female gaze marked out this territory. So the women adopted the active and objectifying gaze that has traditionally and typically been associated with males. Um, and so it's like the way I have the definition, like I kind of like broke it down. So basically the female gaze is just the way a woman is portrayed through the eyes of another woman versus through the eyes of a man. Um, So with the female gaze, you see a lot more like emotions and feelings rather than just like action and sexuality. So that's why you see like, in a movie with a male gaze, you know, they are like these intense sex scenes, you know, like grabbing and choking and all of this. Like, Yeah. You know. But when you see like movies with the female gaze, you know, like softer touches, like more like subtle hand caresses, things like that um, that I feel like is like true desire instead of that just like animalistic. Yeah. Sex drive. Um, So and then also film is just like, you know, always brought up because it's like literally you can see the gaze, um, but they actually did this in Suicide Squad too. Um, it's just, you know, such a good example. But if you look at it in the first Suicide Squad where she's like super sexualized and then the male gaze, the camera angle is often at her chest, making like her chest the center of the frame. Where in movies with the female gaze, they will make, like, her face the center of the brain because it's about her, not her chest. So, um, and I thought it was really interesting about the female gaze just in the way of, like, sexuality and everything because, you know, it's obviously more truthful because women know how our bodies work and works. Um, The book that I've been reading, uh, Agalia's Daughters, we talked about it on the last one. Um, There's a sex scene in it. And the book is actually really good because it challenges my own internal like male gaze that I have. um, Because it's like very 50s vibes with like the dances and like the way um, everyone is framed, like the way the men whims are framed so the men in the series um it's very much of how like you would think of the average woman in like the 50s um and then the moms are presented in the way that you see men now um or how society sees men now and it it's really it, ch- it challenges like your internal you know thoughts and biases and everything um but i thought it was really interesting because in the sex scene Um, instead of you know them having you know, penis and vagina and of course, you know, that she does the thigh thing that lesbians do. (laughs) She literally does the knee thing and then just literally grabs his penis, which I thought was so funny because it just reminds me of the way that like men have no idea like where the clit is. So having a good time. And then she was just doing the knee thing. So obviously she was having a great time so <laughs> I just think that's a, so funny like when you even take like because it's a satire so it's doing it through the male gaze it's like yeah lesbians are always correct they are <laughs> um but the funniest thing that I thought like and I've seen this before but just as I was doing like more research into like the female gaze I feel like american psycho is just a movie that a lot of like hyper masculine men and like incels just it's like their holy grail you know Mm -hmm. um and it's literally written by a woman to like challenge that gaze um because it shows how damaging toxic masculinity can be like not just towards women but all like to the like actual main character that is doing all these things, but of course it just goes right over their head. And then, also, something that was interesting with like female gaze in like movies and everything is obviously the um, female characters are not as objectified, um, but the male characters are often less likely to be like that typical macho hetero type. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's also something that affects men negatively with the male gaze because it makes a beauty standard for them themselves, too. Like they have to be this huge macho Channing Tatum type.
1: Yeah, like a magic mic.
0: Yeah. When the same way that women don't all look the same, men don't either. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, just, you know, being open to also different sexual orientations, genders and things like that.
2: Yeah. Examples. But yeah, I'll just talk about Lady Bird. Um, yeah, it's definitely a female gaze kind of movie. It's like a coming of age story about a teenage girl. And like, I feel like it's, she's not like objectified. And I think it's also, um. so in the movie, she's like, she goes to a Catholic school and she has to wear like a uniform, but it's like not a weirdly like sexual <laughs> uniform. It's a Catholic school. So her skirt goes down to like her knees. And she's like, I feel like she is very like uh human you know what i mean she has like kind of she has more complex things going on that i feel like women do in like male gaze movies and like um there is uh she has like two boyfriends in the movies and one of them is it turns out to be (laughs) k and uh he's also i mean i feel like i liked that part it was like very uh I guess, like, I did like that they included that part because he was like, yeah, I'm gay. And she was like, okay, I won't tell anyone. And then she slept with a different guy, it was Timothy Chalamet, in the movie. And he was kind of just, like, a dick. So then she was like, okay, I'm done with him. And then, yeah, so I liked, I feel like that was a good female gaze movie. Um, also, I think Fresh is a good female gaze movie. Ramani and I watched Fresh together. I don't know if it counts, Fresh. but... I heard it was really fucked up okay it was really dark but like the
0: theme you of the need to movie, go watch it <laughs> i do love horror movie like dark fucked up shit so i will definitely go watch it
2: it was really fucked up but um yeah the whole like theme of the movie is like women helping each other instead of waiting on a man to come save them and the men in the movie even the man that's not like evil isn't helpful like at all it, it's kind of like they can't count on men to save them and they have to help each other um yeah and i I wouldn't say any of them are like sexualized in the movie so yeah i mean yeah,
0: that's another movie is portrait of a lady on fire which you know unmistakably female vantage point um but that also hinges on like women's bodies but it doesn't make it sexual yeah and, and there's like a long like thing about it but took me a few times to read it because rat brain um but basically they paint just the women like as they are like thinking human beings who are as capable as scrutinizing the world as like the world is scrutinizing them so it's not saying the female gaze isn't just being over here like oh like women are perfect and good and everything and it's it's really just bringing that equality like you know women are equal to men and you know but we can also be scrutinized and everything as well yeah not just objects
1: i don't know why i was thinking about this too with the male gaze but like you know how like i know this is kind of like on beauty standards but like when women are like no makeup makeup look
2: babes what
1: that's
2: a weird um beauty standard too i feel like for men like they want you to they want you to have makeup on. Like they don't want you to look natural, but they don't want to be able to tell that you have makeup on. Yes. It's like, well, I don't want someone who's fake, but I want your skin to be perfect. And I want your eyelashes to be long. And I want you to have no, not a single discolored mark on your face. (laughs)
0: Like, sweetie, let me see where, you know, your skin is perfect as well. Like it's, it's the hypocrisy of it is the most annoying part is men don't even wipe their own assholes. Yeah, women have to be
2: pristine 24-7. Yeah, that's really funny, too, because I'm like, sir, you have acne, and that's fine, but you can't expect women to not have acne when you're over here. You and use you... a three-in-one
1: soap, babe. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, First you don't time. wash
2: your face, and we can tell. So We
1: can all tell. Yeah, so that was our episode on the male versus the female gaze, and I hope you guys learned something today. And I just want to say a big thank you to Elena for joining us today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you no, know, girl, we all got rat brains.
0: Yes. And I mean, you guys will see Elena again. Um, we're definitely going to do a few more episodes with her, maybe some bonus episodes, things like mm-hmm.
1: that. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.